Blog Talk Radio. Live from the WRST Radio Studios in beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and heard around the world on the WRST stream, it's the Eric Balkman Show. to this September 19th episode of The Edmund presented by MyFEC.com from the Papa John Studios. Support of the show is also provided in part by Madden 15 from EA Sports. Set the tone on defense with more control thanks to an all-new arsenal of pass rush moves. Contain the open field with intuitive tackling mechanics and play as a team with redesigned zone and man coverage logic, all while being immersed in the play from the other side of the line with defensive player lock cameras. Madden NFL 15 delivers on defense. That's Madden. 15 from EA Sports. It's in the game. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts. I'm your host, the slightly above average Eric Balkman on the Eric Balkman Show tonight. And um, so, why is what's the deal? Co-hosting, you, stolen. co-hosting my wow. show tonight is Dave Dizzle Gerzak. Dave, welcome to my show. Your vanity has gotten the best of you this time. Balkman. Seriously, what do you think of that intro? You didn't like it? <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, I thought it was great. <laughs> why? Because your name is plastered all over it. It's got it in there like once. It's <laughs> um, in the title. Yeah, it is in the title. Uh, coming who's, up, who's the musical whatever? That's Coldplay. Yeah. Okay. You gotta go ahead with the forty-year-old virgin joke. Or are you gonna stay away <laughs> no, from I that? No, I know you're gay. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> coming up on tonight's show, we have expectations for Lamar Miller, Sands, no Sean Moreno in Week Three, as well as Arian Foster's questionable tag and what it means for you, Alfred Blue owners out there. Also joining us on the show tonight, we didn't have a guest last week, Dave, uh, due to some technical difficulties, more so on the software end uh, rather than uh, um, uh, anything else. Uh, so we, we're making up for it with two guests tonight. And number one, we're going to have on uh, Football Guys Players Championship, 10th place in 10th place overall right now. He was leading it last week, slipped to 10th this week. Still pretty impressive. Rick Schwartz, he's going to come on. He's going to talk to us about the guys who came up big for him in week one, as well as the challenges he faced drafting that team during a hurricane warning. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, that is some serious have, hardcore drafting. I have to find out if he was in Maui. For the, was he in Maui, or don't we know? Or we don't, we're going to we'll find, find out. out. We're going to find out. Um, and a special appearance after that by the prognosticator. He's going to come on and talk a little bit about the uh, Adrian Peterson decision that the FFPC made. And uh, frankly, I'm going to distance myself from the FFPC, given the decision that was made this week. <laughs> I have nothing to do with this organization. Uh, this is the high stakes fantasy football hour. You better tell the company listen, line, boy. Listen, we uh, we may or may not talk about the FFPC tonight. I don't know if we'll have time. <laughs> we might get around to it on your show. So on my show. So that is uh, that's coming up tonight. Two guests. Two guests. All right. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. All the guys in there. Code Cracker, Henry Muto, IPS Driver, Leroy's Deuce checking in tonight. Mint and Rednecks, uh, post any questions uh, you might have in there uh, for myself, Dave, Rick, or Alex Kaganowski. Did I even say his name or did I just call him the prognosticator? Yeah, whatever. It's Alex Kaganowski. So. Uh, you can um, also chime in with us at Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. That's the uh, call in line. Of course, the FedEx inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, as well as our audio engineer Bryce, will be peppering those questions hot off the printer. Uh, to us tonight in the uh, Papa John studio. So that is uh, what's on tap for tonight. Would you like to make any, because I, listen, you know, I'm just an impartial host. Would you, as an FFPC, you know, person, like to make any FFPC announcements at the top of the show? Um, no, we, really. we may get to it later. I just, I don't think there's a whole lot. I guess the only thing I would say is that we're, we are working on making a lot of uh, software improvements and, um, you know, we haven't really talked the, about that yeah. a lot, but yeah. there's a lot of things going on that will be changed. Yeah, for, I mean, you know, not a lot of people are talking about it right now, but I, I, can, I can tell you, you know, 
working closely at my other job with an FFPC person, of which I have nothing to do with, um, there are new improvements going up daily. Uh, so well, I wouldn't say daily. Well, I mean, there's every hour. There, yeah, yeah, I would <laughs> no, say more, that more like every like every week. I mean, every week. But there's there's stuff that's going on that we uh, we're continually striving to improve. Right. Software. Yeah, I mean, the the wheels are in motion. They never stop. So <laughs> that is what's going on uh, with the FFPC. Or so I've been told. Let's uh, thank uh, Football Guys in Roto World for tonight's rundown. Talk about the the quote-unquote game that you and I watched last night. Falcons 56, Buccaneers 14. I think the first thing I always like to talk about in blowout games like this, can we take anything away from this game for fantasy? I mean, is there any uh, residual like data point that we can say, okay, now we know this? Or do we just basically throw almost everything out? Well, I would say with the two fumbles uh, from Rainey that it kind of establishes Doug Martin as the as the back to own in that backfield just by def- default. You know what I mean? That he is now considered more trustworthy by not being there during that game. So I think that helps actually helps him a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about that real quick. Do you think that there still is a timeshare when, when Martin is healthy enough to return? I mean, I guess he could get some action, but I would think it'd be less likely. I mean, I guess we'll just have to see. If you owned Rainey and not Martin and Martin was back next week, would you start Martin or excuse me, start Rainey as your third or fourth running back? No, I would really try to avoid putting him out there. I think I would too, even though he had like whatever it was, 16 points last night. Yeah, it was all garbage time. They kept yeah. him in there almost as a semi-punishment, I think, you know, because it's like um, the game was well out of hand and they were pretty much just trying to put some points on the board to make it look less of a disaster. Um, keeping it on the Tampa Bay side, uh, do we see a quarterback change next week? Do we do we see Mike Lennon in there? And Josh McCown sprained his right thumb. Uh, to, to my knowledge and my extensive internet research I've done on the subject, as well as calling the trainers for Tampa Bay, uh, it doesn't sound like he is going to miss next week, or they don't expect him to miss next week. If he's healthy enough, do you say, uh, think McCown is in there? I would think he still would be. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Glennon really showed a whole lot. I mean, he was fine, but he didn't show anything too spectacular. And he was going on second stringers. I'd be nervous if I had uh, Vincent Jackson as one of my core starters. Yeah. Or Mike Evans as a bye week replacement. I'd be pretty nervous at this point. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, next week they'll probably be fine. You know, like they'll be competitive. Their offense will be kind of back to normal. They just got, they were just not ready for the game. They just got destroyed. Move on. As long, if Lovey Smith can coach to any level, he should have them ready for next week. What about uh, Brandon Myers as a tight end flyer? He had five for 53 last night in an FFPC format. Uh, again, I've been told that the FFPC is point and a half per catch for tight ends. He, yeah, I mean, he's worth a look if you, if you need tight okay. end help. I All mean, right. Safarian Jenkins is showing no signs of getting on the field that I can see. And he's a rookie tight end. Still so, rookie tight end. Yeah, so that's the other thing. All right, let's move on from that game. You don't want to talk about Harry Douglas or Devontae Freeman? Freeman doesn't get much action. He's the four-string back. I think you can cut him. Okay, that was Harry my question Douglas about him. Kind of dinged up, and he may or may not be worth anything when Roddy comes back. I mean, if Roddy comes back, he's not really worth a whole lot. All right, do me a and favor. And Devin was a luck play. Yeah, it was a luck play. Both of them. Um, do me a favor. Look at your rundown there. Items three to six. You pick one. Whichever one you want to talk about, Dave. Well, I'm, I'm, I was dismissive of... Yes, of you're your, very dismissive of the... I mean, you have points A through F. It's nine minutes into the show, and for, we have a guest on in six minutes. How, you know, how are we supposed to cover all this news when you have all these stupid points about a game that no one wants to talk about? First of all, Rob put that together, not me. Whatever. So, okay, just pick whatever you want. Now, he and I put this in order of what we thought people would want to hear about. Let's talk, let's talk about Charles. Okay, perfect. Jamal Charles, <laughs> limited in Chiefs practice today. He's questionable with an ankle. Andy Reid said he looked a little sore, but he did okay. Looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, it's a late game, too, Dave, which throws a, a lot of – like, what if you own Niall Davis but not Jamal Charles? What if you own Jamal Charles or not, and not Niall Davis? What if you own one or the other? What are you doing? Well, that's your that's your problem. Well, this is what we're here for. <laughs> if I own Niall Davis, I would not start him because Charles, if if he's healthy enough, he's out there, and star players usually find a way to play, like Brandon Marshall. Although Roddy didn't last night. Um, if I had Charles, I don't know. I mean, you, you really should hopefully have some other anything to put out there. But if you don't, I don't know. That just depends on what your other choices are. Well, let me. I guess I wouldn't start Jarek McKinnon over Jamal Charles. Okay. Spec play, but I would actually consider. I don't know. McFadden, Darren McFadden. I, I guess I would have to consider it. I mean, I, I would wait for the – usually, again, I've said this before, Sunday morning there's yeah. usually some news even on the late games about, like, what the rumor is. It wasn't correct on uh, Marshall last week right. um, and, and uh, Jeffrey, but a lot of times they're right. Here's what I'm doing. If I own one or the other, I'm not playing Davis if there's not enough clarity, okay? I'll probably take the gamble on Charles just because he's that dynamic of a player. And if I own both of them, I'm starting Charles and I'm sitting Davis and just hoping. 
Well, if you own both of them, you can make the decision right. Well, I'm, you know, yeah, I guess that's that's a fair point. I'm, but if you got two spots to fill, right. you know, Charles and somebody else. So Correct. That's yeah. what I would say. Great. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, Arian Foster, are we okay to talk about that? Yeah. Go All on. right, Arian Foster. You, know, you have to do this approval thing now to just. Spite me because I didn't I'm not. For your... I'm not spiting you. I just listen. I it don't. Is your show. I don't know if we're moving at the proper speed or talking about the correct topics. Arian Foster questionable for uh, the week three tilt against the uh, New York Giants. He was limited in practice all week, Dave. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. I think he's going to play. Do you think he's going to play? Yeah, he was. He did practice all three days in a limited fashion. So yeah, I think he plays and he's fine. And he and he's you know high mileage guy getting up there. I, I think there was more veterans rest than you know yeah. quote unquote a severe injury or whatever. Um, Alfred Blue is is an interesting guy now. Not necessarily for this week or next week, but now towards the end of the season, if Foster starts breaking down, Alfred Blue could be really really valuable. Eleven carries last week with a healthy Foster. Yeah, I agree. He's a nice little sneaky pickup. I don't. I never concern him to be a very talented back necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got you know, he's got the backup role. All he needs opportunity really if on a short term basis. You know the similarities between he and Foster. They're both kind of tall running backs. Mm-hmm. They're both wide and they both played in the SEC. That's wonderful. And Although the Texans. Arian Foster did not block a punt, to my knowledge. Alfred Blue did that week one. That's great. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so, okay, uh, you're cutting Jonathan Grimes for Alfred Blue right now, right? Uh, I already had done that, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, okay. Um, and Alfred Blue, uh, even if you don't own Arian Foster, you're picking Blue up. Yeah, I, I, I uh, put in a few waiver claims for Blue in a couple of weeks. Totally agree. Uh, Wes Welker is the uh, next guy we're going to talk about here on the Eric Balkman Show. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak. Uh, we have Rick Schwartz coming up in a few minutes here uh, on the show. Uh, he is going to be playing this week. Wes Welker, according to ESPN.com's Jeff Legwald, uh, or Leggy, as his friends call him, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, Wes Welker has not worked out since Labor Day up until this week. He did practice this week. He was cleared medically apparently a week or so ago, according to Welker. Um, John Fox uh, says that... Uh, it may have been a blessing in disguise, this suspension, because it gave him time to heal from the concussion. Um, Cecil Lammy from Football Guys uh, said that the team has been putting packages together specifically for Welker and that they won't overwhelm him. That's nice that they're oh. taking it easy on this rook, that they're not going to overwhelm him with all this, these It's not like he plays. hasn't been on the team last year. Or right. Uh, and they actually could be using him in the red zone quite frequently. Wes Welker, big uh, a eh, big red zone target. I don't buy that so much. Uh, neither do I. Um, may not impact Emmanuel Sanders. May take away from Julius Thomas's red zone touches. Uh, this is according to football guys. I don't really subscribe to that theory. I think Julius Thomas's red zone touches or targets are going to be about the same as what we saw the first two weeks. Are you playing Welker as your fourth receiver his first game back against Seattle? Um, in I, Seattle, by the way, I'd probably be inclined not to play him. I probably would look, look for another direction, but I would. And I'd start him over like a player like James Jones, who has a tough matchup against New England. Um, he's gonna be matched up against their top corner. The great thing about um, Revis, yeah, yeah, the great. I, you, I didn't really <laughs> decide to access that part of my brain to figure <laughs> out his name, but I knew they had a top corner. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Um, the, you know, the, the great thing about Welker coming back in Week Three is there's no buys. And uh, you do have that luxury. Hopefully, most fantasy owners will have that luxury of, you know, letting Welker sit for a week, kind of seeing what he has, and then, you know, moving on uh, from that one way or the other in week four when you will need to start guys because there is bi- there are bye weeks next week, people. There's a lot of bye weeks next week. Prepare yourself. Are there six of them? Uh, I don't know. I had our little four schedule with a funny guy on the front of yeah, it. Yeah, why didn't you? We, we, I go, I'm going to go yeah, access that. Go, go ahead and get the uh, what Dave's referring to, and anybody who played in the FFPC main event live uh, or any of the live events that, at uh, Caesars Palace this year was a uh, laminated FFPC schedule. It had the entire NFL schedule on it, and it's uh, got you know the the world's most uninteresting man on the back, the yeah. you know whatever it is. Um, so you have it now. How many teams are on by on week four? Oh, six, but Henry Mudo already announced in the chat room. But oh, okay, thanks, Henry. <laughs> Always, you know, Henry Mudo, one step ahead of the the the, uh, the curve, curve here. Yeah, Arizona, Cincy, Cleveland, Denver, Seattle, and St. Louis. All right, so prepare yourself, people. Uh, Rick Schwartz coming up in just a minute here on the show. One last thing I want to talk about uh, before we get to him. Lamar Miller, not even on the injury report this week for uh, Miami, Dave. Uh, he was in a walking boot on Tuesday and apparently um, not injured enough 
for any uh, written releases to deem him hurt. Took the boot off. So he took the boot off. No, no, Sean Moreno this week. Do you like Lamar Miller uh, this week coming up, Dave? He is, of course, uh, playing against the uh, – and I have – he's at home against the Chiefs Excuse late me. game. Um, I would play him if I had him, and I, I am starting him in leagues. With Miller, though, you know, Miller is not – he doesn't have, hasn't had a lot of great fantasy games in his entire NFL right. career. So I'm still waiting for that first one. It would be nice to actually see it. He's got this opportunity. He hasn't, had, he hasn't had a whole lot. We're waiting for that first one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, this guy, it's like he's had plenty of opportunities to blow up, and right. he still hasn't. So, again, it's a new offense. He doesn't have Moreno to deal with. If he doesn't get it done this week, I don't know. Then I'm just like, oh, this guy effectively just sucks. Would you cut him then? No, has- but I'd keep him around, but, it, you know, he's just not doing anything. Why would you play him, though, if he sucks this week? And, and hey, let's say Damian Williams and, and Daniel Thomas suck this week. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Miller sucks. Well, then Moreno's going to come back and take the job right okay. away. Okay. So yeah. So why wouldn't you cut him? Free up that roster spot, baby. I, I don't. I'm not that deep. Okay. Well, let's talk to somebody who is that deep. Uh, on the Eric Balkan Maybe show he just tonight. has a good starting lineup. Maybe uh, his team sucks after the top. No, it doesn't. I've looked at it. Really? It's, it's very solid. We'll see. Eric Balkman and uh, Dave Gerzak here on the Eric Balkman Show introducing tonight's guest. Uh, he's a veteran of the Football Guys Players Championship. He is back with five teams this season. One of them. Uh, was drafted by him and commissioned by yours truly during a hurricane warning. But despite that obstacle, he was able to nab the high score in week one and vault himself over more than 7,000 other teams into first place uh, overall after week one. He sits in 10th place coming into week two from Team Maui Hurricane. Please welcome into the Eric Falkman Show, Mr. Rick Schwartz. Rick, welcome, man. How's the weather over by you tonight? Uh, it's fine now. I mean, I'm, I'm back in L.A., uh, I always like to draft during natural disasters, so next year I'm shooting for a Mauna Kea eruption, but we'll just the timing is going to be questionable. We'll see. Well, I feel like um, you know it really sharpens the brain when you, when you have to you know sort sort of block out all those obstacles, block out impending death to to make the correct choices. I feel like it really it hones your senses and makes you draft a really strong team, which you exhibited. Yeah, I mean, I was just praying for wireless and and cell connection. So you know, this was all just secondary. It's probably why I drafted well. Uh, Rick, uh, tell uh, tell the listeners what you do for a living and and where you call home. Yeah, I'm a hustler, and basically, anytime <laughs> a woman hugs me, I call that home. So, uh, no, I love I, it. I, uh, I have I have a, I'm a television producer by trade. I've also been in the sports business for years. You may have watched that uh, that Yahoo Fantasy Football Live show that I hosted the first five years of its existence, pretty much. Um, so we launched it in 2006 at Yahoo. And uh, the, that year, we were nominated for a sports Emmy, and then ESPN saw it, and they said, you know what, we need to do this. And they launched theirs in 2007 next year, and they do a great job there. So, so uh, you know, I, I've hosted a bunch of TV shows. I've produced stuff. I was in Hawaii producing a show for CBS Sports. It's actually airing on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's uh, you got to love it. In the DirecTV Guide, it actually just says surf. But it's a big stand-up paddle race, which will probably uh, – it's a growing sport and so on and so forth. But, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I do. Just, I'm in the sports business pretty much, and uh, and I'm a fantasy football player of 30 years, and that's all your listeners care about. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that is fantastic. Now, now I'm also conscious because we're we're in the presence of a pro here, Dave. Yeah, what do you think of the production with, with our show, Rick? Yeah, I think it's fantastic, guys. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's incredible. You should I'm you should see our budget. Uh, you know what? Yeah, you know, it's you know, uh, it's, pro- it's probably similar to what I had to spend in Hawaii on that show that's airing Sunday. But uh, it, it, listen, you guys are doing. Uh, you got to milk every last penny, right? Exactly. You know, a lot of shows go on a shoestring budget. We actually, we're on the budget of the little plastic thing at the end of the shoestring. That's what we get to to, to spend on this show. That's that's okay. That's okay. I I don't have a budget either because I spent it all on uh, on the FFPC this year. I think you spent it on Mai Tais, Rick, over in Maui. So let's talk about that a little bit. You drafted the team under an unusual set of circumstances. Tell us about the situation you were in during the draft. I've been in Maui a few times, so... Tell me what hotel you were at. You know, were you in, uh, you know, Lahaina? I don't know if I got the name, you know, if I'm pronouncing yeah. it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it, it, I was staying. So I had a, it's not my house, but a guy that I was staying with has a house. His family lives literally right on the water in Lahaina. And 
the hurricane was predicted to hit us that night, pretty much as we were drafting. And um, and so the house didn't start shaking until about three hours later. Uh, but we literally moved everything upstairs, including the Internet connection. There was nothing left downstairs because we were about eight feet above the water, and the water was expected to rise eight feet. So we expected the ocean to come literally into our ground floor. And I had my rental car pointing out backwards behind the house, ready to, you know, just step on it, jump in there at two in the morning and drive up the hill. So that's where I was. Um, And luckily, the big island of Hawaii took the brunt. And even though our our house shook and it was scary and all that stuff, really no major damage. And I got my good fantasy team, which is all that matters, right? That's awesome. Totally all that matters. And I got to tell you, Rick. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Where are you going to No, go ahead. Okay. I'll just say this, Rick. You 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 called because I was commissioning and you called me a couple of times that night and I got to tell you That's you right. were complete you were completely cool under pressure you know there there could have been you know rains pummeling you and and winds ready to sweep you away and you were so focused you were like you were like that episode of Seinfeld with Joe DiMaggio where, where Kramer's trying to distract Joe DiMaggio as he's dunking the donut and he's so focused on dunking the donut everything else around him was just out and and, and you're just like oh yeah give me Julius Thomas. Yeah, I'll take Randall Cobb here. You know, and then it was, exactly. it, was, it, it was fantastic and, and a treat, well, and uh, I felt uh, privileged to be a part of it. I, I appreciate that. No, I'm, what's down. Funny I'm down. Is, what, what's, what's funny is, guys, is that you know, I once had an MRI, and they said, you have to listen to music to keep you calm. I said, oh, great. What, what is it? And they said, we well, have a choice of country music or Madonna, which you know, <laughs> isn't much of a choice in my book. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take Madonna, but if I die in the tube, please don't let anyone know I died listening to Madonna. And <laughs> and so when it comes down to the hurricane, if I was going to die, what better way to go than drafting your fantasy team? Seriously, think about it. I mean, you could die next to a woman making love. You could die, you know, parachuting out of a plane, something adventurous. But if you really, really were honest with yourself, you may like to die either in a sports book in Vegas, but that probably means you lost your bet, or, or <laughs> drafting your fantasy team. I mean, how many? What better way to go? Seriously, where would you rather be? Maybe okay with my kids, but you know, discounting family stuff. How else would you want to die? And you know, the funny thing about that, yeah. Rick, too, is you you would have died, and eleven other people in the draft would have been room would have been like, "This Maui hurricane is a total jerk. He's taking yeah. all the time, and yeah. he's, now he's going on auto all the time." <laughs> yeah. I hate this they, guy. They would have been pissed. Even if they'd have known I was dying or had died, they wouldn't have cared. They just want to complete no. the draft, right? Yeah. So, Miss, why are you reverting to this Maui hurricane? Like, like it's I, not, I, how, is I, it, how is it our fault that he died? <laughs> like, that's not my problem. Exactly. <laughs> that's fantasy. Exactly. Seriously, uh, but the, uh, the only thing I can think of that comes close to that is uh, about 15, 20 years ago, we were drafting at this guy's house. And as we're all getting ready to sit down for the draft, you know, it's old school, right? We're in the living room. You all have to get together. And this guy sits back against a bookshelf. And I kid you not, this huge, heavy glass paperweight that he kind of knocked the bookshelf as he sat back into it, falls off the third third shelf and comes down and hits him in the head. And it, like, almost knocks him out. We thought he was knocked out. He was, oh, oh, you know, we're Dave. Dave, are you okay? Dave, you Okay. And and he says, yeah, I'm okay. I just I want to draft my team. And he drafted a kicker in like the second round, so we called nine one one. But uh, you know that was our sure sign. The guy wasn't wasn't all there. But you know people don't care. We went on with the draft, and that's that's what you have to do. We got we got Dave to the hospital, and you know we kept going. Yeah. Plus plus a lot of people uh, got some value in the second round. <laughs> well, so that's, Dave took the kicker, true, right? <laughs> He yeah, keeps that the kicker, guy, right? and he drafted him. He put the sticker on the board. We don't pull those exactly. off. Exactly. Uh, we're talking with Rick, Rick Schwartz. Go. He's in uh, 10th place in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship. And, Rick, let's talk a little bit about that team that is in 10th. Um, before Julie's – now, this, this draft was on, was on August 7th, so it's basically almost the halfway point of the Football Guys Players Championship drafts. And this was sort of before Julius Thomas was a solid second-round pick, according to the ADP. But you took him at the 208. Was he a target for you in the second round, uh, or did you just oh, not man. like your other choices there? Well, I, I don't want to knock the other guys who are in my my you know particular league, but 
what the hell is everyone thinking? I mean, to me, if you can draft Jimmy Graham fourth or fifth overall, what the hell is Julius Thomas doing anything past the end of the first round, in my opinion? I mean, how much better is Jimmy Graham really than Julius Thomas? I mean, maybe because Julius Thomas doesn't have the track record yet and he's younger than Jimmy Graham. But, you know, to me, that just means, I mean, Jimmy Graham's been injured. Last year wasn't, you know, he was no lock every week. So, and, and by the way, look at Jamal Charles. Look at everybody else in the first round. Why don't, why don't people want, you get a point and a half for a tight end. If you're not getting one of those top four running backs, why aren't you taking Julius Thomas? I, I don't get it. So, I, I mean, for me to get Calvin Johnson with a fifth pick and come all the way back and get Julius Thomas, who's incredibly explosive, I, I, was, I had a very small, quiet little fist pump. <laughs> In the midst of, uh, of worrying about your impending doom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but don't you agree? I mean, and by the way, no. yeah, you know, you, you, I also you, drafted, I also drafted uh, Delaney Walker later, and had I been smart enough to play him this week, which, you know, I really thought, of course, about playing him because they're playing Dallas and so on. But I just felt like I was ready to see um, Terrence Williams explode. I didn't really buy into Tennessee's defense yet, and I guess I was kind of right, but Terrence Williams didn't really do anything. Those, those 30 points I left on the table, he actually had 35, Delaney. Well, so I'd, I'd be in first place overall had I played him. So Yes, sir, um, yeah. You know, the point is tight end is extremely important. And it's like girlfriends. You want two good ones, not just one. <laughs> yeah, I don't even limit myself at two. Whatever. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm like a five or six man. <laughs> I'm telling your wife. No, she's, she's the one who told me. She's like, listen, honey. This you isn't need, Utah. You need to get out of the house. You know, you go, go meet some women. You know, it's, it's just that's that's the point of this is, listen, Two years of marriage or not quite two years of marriage, this is where we're at. And I feel yeah. like we're, we're both settling into a nice marriage groove here. It just happens to not be with each other. I didn't know you guys were swingers. <laughs> That's amazing. Sorry, Kathy and I are, were not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was – just got to make a call to my wife here. <laughs> so, anyway, back to the Eric Balkman show, as has <laughs> yeah. been termed by him tonight. Yep. Um, so, your August 7th draft was basically the midpoint of the Football Guys Players' Championship this season. Um, did you think yeah. there was any sort of value during that time that you were hoping to see fall to during that particular, you know, drafting at that time frame? Delaney Walker was getting drafted much later than when I got him in the ninth round, but I, I liked him a lot coming into the year. I thought he was sort, starting to explode at the end of last year. I thought he'd be a very good, you know, later tight end pick. It turns out he, I could have probably waited even more. Um, but, you know, I, I ended up drafting – some solid wide receivers later, guys like, you know, Anquan Bolden dropped pretty late in my draft. Um, even, you know, I mean, Macklin, what, it wasn't that late, but the, Reggie Wayne, um, you know, th those kinds of guys actually, I don't know if I had Reggie Wayne on that team. Maybe I didn't. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you just have to, uh, you know, go and find guys that are uh, are, are going to give you something every week that you know you're getting something. And, yeah, so for me, you know, I'll never draft a running back. If I'm picking – I had five FFPC, you know, drafts this year, and I never had higher than fifth pick. So I wasn't getting LaShawn McCoy or Jamal Charles or Matt Forte. And luckily I stayed off Adrian in the one draft that he fell to fifth. I actually passed on him too. Um, so – but if you don't get the guys you want at running back, I'm not drafting Eddie Lacy before I'm drafting Calvin Johnson. I mean, I'm just not. And uh, so for me, get your studs early and then find your value later. You can always find those uh, Rashad Jennings, those, those kinds of guys that can carry you through. I mean, on that team, I also have an Asiata, or how the hell do you say his name? That's close uh, enough. Asiata. Yeah, good you enough. You won't even know in a number of weeks. <laughs> I'm a McKinnon fan. Exactly. Sorry. It's pretty, yeah, it's pronounced McKinnon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm no kidding, right? I have him in a lot of in a lot of my teams too. But uh, Ryan Matthews in the fifth round on that team, of course, he's already hurt. But you know, there's guys you never know. I, I have Robert Turbin who could end up starting after if Marshall Falk's back hurts more this week or it becomes bad. So 
you know, you got to get your you just got to get your backup running backs, and that's the value that I like to get later. And eventually, they end up starting. I also, uh, by the way, on that team have Niall Davis. Now it looks like they're going to mess with us until Sunday, right? <laughs> so, who knows? But but that could be an incredible value at some point this year. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Rick Schwartz. He's in tenth place in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, currently, right now, drafted this team in a hurricane warning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and and Rick, um, you know, you this isn't your first rodeo in the FPC. You've played in this for several years, and and now that you have all this information from drafting these teams over the past few years in the FPC, and you've seen how they turned out, seen how other teams turned out, have you modified yep. your strategy in this contest at all uh, based on the information you've acquired over the years from drafting? I think you know I'm actually getting worse other than this year. The last, it's funny. The, the first year I was in it, and I guess I don't know if there's records kept, but going into the last weekend of the championship, of the, you know, once you get past your league and then you have the playoffs the, for the big money, I was in second place only one point behind the leader for the, for the big money going into the last weekend. And Arian Foster just crapped on the doorstep that week, and <laughs> I fell to, like, 30th. Okay, so... You know, I did very well that year. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice. If I if I would have had a big game from him and a couple other guys, I think I had a chance to obviously win it. So uh, since then, I haven't. I didn't do as well the last couple of years. So this year, I kind of reverted to, I think, what I was doing back then, which is don't panic on running backs. Get the superstars early that you can get. Get the biggest, highest upside guys you can get and see what happens. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see, you know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get unlucky, you run into those early injuries and, and different things. Last night I threw Harry Douglas into a couple of my team lineups, and, you know, I'm fist bumping when he got the first touchdown, and then he's, like, limping off the field in the first quarter. Yeah. You just he can't think it's beyond your control. Yeah, yeah you I think you can help a game. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> right? You know, so uh, – Anyway, but that's that's just, I think, what I've learned. And I think that guys who play really should focus draft-wise on, on huge upside. It's just, it sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but I think people get too nervous about running backs and also quarterbacks. You can, you can have your Peyton Mannings and your Tom, well, not Tom Brady anymore, but your Peyton Mannings and your, you know, and your, your Aaron Rodgers and those guys, I, I would not waste a pick that high. I mean, I, I thought that I got Andrew Luck, I think, in the sixth round. I don't, I don't remember exactly. And I feel like even that was a little bit high. Still working out working out well for you. Yep, I think exactly. Luck, he could be a top two quarterback this year. He's really looking he definitely good. could. He could be the top quarterback. So, Rick, uh, let's talk about some of the other receivers you drafted this year that weren't some of the elite guys, but actually some of the older type players like Anquan Bolden, uh, Reggie Wayne. Now, Macklin, you know, he's another player. He's not as old, but he's had the injury issues. Are these guys that you right. uh, were kind of targeting because you thought they were undervalued just due to some of those things that people would consider warts, or do you think they were just falling to you? Look, you know, on Sunday, Macklin could end up in, like, you know, the nearest hospital, uh, and or he could limp off the field, or any, you know, but so could anybody. And you're talking about a Chip Kelly offense, and you're talking about really the best receiver they have, right? I mean, yeah, that's for and sure. He's pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, as the year goes by, I think that uh, Foles will get more comfortable with him, and as we get towards our playoffs, I think that he'll be a really, really good, effective receiver. And on any given day, he could end up with the, the nine for one fifty and two TDs. He could. I mean, look at. You know, I know he went unguarded on that play in week one. Was it week one, Monday night, or was that yes. week two? Uh, oh, no, yeah. Monday so night anyway, was week, week two, I believe. Well, what anyway. was the game where he had the long touchdown? I think it was week one. But, yeah, the week point one, is, he had the bomb, yeah. The point is, yeah, the bomb. So, so look, I mean, a guy like that, a guy like Anquan Bolden in his first game, he's he's going to be hit and miss all year, and you just have to know that. There's certain certain guys you draft for consistency, and there's certain guys you, you draft for upside, and you want to have that team. The only way you win this whole thing, I don't know if you guys are, if people play to just win the, their league and be happy or get some money back or whatever, but I'm playing this to win the big pot. And you want to have guys that on any given day 
can throw you a 25-point game or, as Delaney Walker did this week, a 37-point game or whatever it was, 35. I mean, you know, Julius Thomas the week before, you know, had about 160 points, right? I mean, theoretically. Oh, pretty much. It was, it was dominant. Yeah, so you want those guys. So down when I'm drafting later, I just want any of those guys that have, have done it before and can still do it. That's it. Rick Schwartz is uh, joining us on the Eric Balkman Show tonight. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak uh, talking to the 10th place uh, team uh, right now in the Football Guys Players Championship. And, Rick, uh, obviously with the advent of the regular season comes the waiver wire. How has that been treating you so far this season? And are you a believer in streaming any position, be it quarterback, tight end, defense, anything like that? Uh, or are you looking for the big score on your waiver wire uh, with your Football Guys teams this year? You know, I, I I love watching guys, and I don't want to call them morons because I'm sure they're not morons, wink, wink, but, like, guys who <laughs> are dropping a fortune on, on you know, uh, just uh, on four set, and guys like that, I mean, seriously, guys, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess in some people theorize, hey, I'm going to – shoot my wad early and try to find those extra running backs or guys that, you know, can really lift me for the whole season. So you're, it's worth the value, I guess, in theory. Play more. You know, they'll play more for you. But I want to keep my money because, first of all, if you're that desperate right now, who, who is drafting for you? You know, Seinfeld? <laughs> I mean, seriously, Costanza? Who is drafting for it? So, you know, you shouldn't need to go to the well this early unless you've been I mean, look, I mean, obviously, the guys who, you know, the, last week was awful for some people with everybody and their mother was getting hurt in the first quarter of Sunday's games, you know. So, you know, if, you, if you've if you got guys that are going to be out for a long time, then fine. But if you didn't draft to protect yourself, then that's your fault. So I like to wait. I want to keep my money and then come in and have more to spend than anyone else when I really need that guy in week 10 or week 11 to make the, you know, make the playoffs, lock up a spot, whatever. Or even in the playoffs, because you can actually do waiver bidding in the playoffs, in the league playoffs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's the same budget, I'm, right? I'm trying to remember, same budget, yeah? yeah? Yeah, whatever you have left, you can use, yeah. We don't, no extra right, money. Exactly. I'm just trying right. to think. I think right. I, 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 would, I would love to play in a fantasy league with George Costanza, because I feel like he would be the one who, like, you know, I drafted Ray Rice, and now this happens. I drafted Adrian <laughs> Peterson. You know what I mean? He'd, like, have all the guys, like Ryan Matthews. Like, those would be his top three running backs. Yeah, for sure. And Jerry would be like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing drafting Ray Rice? He's got the domestic problem. What were you thinking? You know, and then he would clean up. You're possibly exactly. right. Actually, Elaine would probably win. All right. Well, that's that's so, true. So the league I used to be in um, that started in the mid-'80s with, you know, a guy literally handwriting out the – results and then Xerox copying them eventually when it moved to faxes that was a huge upgrade right I'm dating myself but you know when you play fantasy for 30 years you, you know obviously technology changed so but we had a league that included a couple of interesting people one of them was Marvin Demoff the agent who repped everyone from Elway and Marino to Tim Brown Jr. Seau etc you would think Marvin would have been winning every every year because he could just call his players, hey, hey Dan, are you going to throw the ball to Clayton today? You know, <laughs> what, what are you going to do, right? Um, so Marvin was actually a pretty good fantasy player, but uh, I think he only won one year. Um, and, he, and he actually was partners with his son, Kevin Demoff, who used to be my intern on my sports radio show in L.A. when Kevin was just a kid. Kevin, as you guys might know, is now the COO of the Rams. Chief Operating Officer of the Rams. So we don't know that, but we we probably well, should. Actually, I I knew that. Yeah. Whatever, Balkan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know so that. Marvin and Kevin were they were one team, and then uh, Steve Ortmeier, who used to be a vice president or something, or with the Raiders, he was also he also had a team with us for a, a number of years. He was perennial last place finisher. So you can be a GM in the NFL; it doesn't really mean much, you know. Um, I will tell you, we have a former NFL vice president in one of my current personal leagues, not not an FFPC league, not a football guys league, but but um, we do have a former NFL VP, um, and uh, he's off to a two and zero start. So, but he's got to remain nameless at this point. So we've we've had some 
you know, some He's been texting players, hasn't he? <laughs> we also have the former assistant attorney general of the United States in, in my league this year. So Ashcroft? Uh, he's, the, uh, he's the tax not... official who put Wesley Snipes in jail. Which uh, so uh, I'm, I'm still I'm mad about letting that. him hold the money. Was that Tommy Lee Jones who did that? Wesley Snipes is the one who evaded taxes. Tommy uh, I thought it's Tommy Lee Jones right. is chasing him across the country. Got it, got it. I missed that. Sorry, I'll, I'm late to the party. It's <laughs> U.S. Marshals, Falky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real life, bad, man. I thought that was a documentary. My bad. Snipes must have been reading some bad stuff on the internet. <laughs> Don't let me get uh, serious, guys. I went off the path there. Okay. No, that was great. No, that was awesome. That's the kind of stuff we always like. Um, but what we also like is uh, when listeners send us emails and we actually get to ask you real-life email questions from listeners. Uh, Bill from Savannah, Georgia, uh, wants to know, he writes, Hi, Rick, I have a deep wide receiver crew in one of my basement leagues, and I'm a little concerned with Keenan Allen being listed as questionable this week. If he is indeed active, would you play him over Sammy Watkins in the same game? and or Kelvin Benjamin against the Steelers. Stay safe in future weather, man. That's Bill in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, so, so Rick, if, if Keenan Allen is active this week, it is a noon game against the Bills. Well, who do you like best, Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, or Kelvin Benjamin against the Steelers? That's, you know, that's tough. Um, I'm not going to judge the Chargers' pass defense on what Seattle did against them because Seattle is no t- – you know, they notoriously don't put up huge passing numbers, any of their receivers, really. Uh, and Sammy looked so good, didn't he? I mean, I think the upside is there, and it looks like right now with everybody healthy for the Chargers, and last year was a different case. Gates wasn't healthy. Malcolm Floyd was gone. Uh, you know, right now they've got Gates, they've got Malcolm Floyd, they're dumping off to Danny Woodhead. Um, I feel like Keenan Allen will have upside and will – get back to being very valuable. But I think right now, Sammy's the man. And, you know, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, I, I wouldn't put a rookie out there going against the Steelers. I'd put a rookie going out there against the Chargers first. Just my call. <laughs> my instinct would be use Sammy. So there you go, Bill and Savannah. Uh, Sammy Watkins is the call there. Um, Rob says we have time for uh, one more email. It's uh, from Fred in New Haven, Indiana. Regarding Tory and Steve Smith apparently switching jerseys in Baltimore this season. Do you have any hope of them switching back, or is the icon Steve Smith the true number one receiver there, with Torrey Smith being the de facto number two for the remainder of 2014? Good luck in the FPC. That's Fred in New Haven, Indiana. What do you think? Uh, are, are we seeing Steve Smith becoming the number one receiver in Baltimore, uh, Rick, or do you think that's just a this is just a temporary thing going on? You know, uh, my, my take is is that Tory is probably going to be one of the most frustrating fantasy players in all of the league this year because, uh, you know, on any given day, he'll pop that eight for 152 and two TDs, right? And, and when Flacco closes his eyes and throws 60 yards downfield, it's Tory who catches it and runs into the end zone and you left him on your bench. You just want to kill yourself, right? like I did with Delaney Walker last week. So, you know, he'll be frustrated because he, he will be inconsistent. There, Steve Smith gets open. No one in probably the last 15, 20 years gets open as well as Steve Smith. I mean, that guy's been unbelievable. I don't know how Dallas let him go. But I, I, feel, like, uh, I feel like if you have to take one of the two, I'd take Steve Smith. I just think, you know, it, it's PPR. And the guy just the guy is more likely to have seven or eight catches and, and I would think find the end zone. I don't know. What do you guys think? I tend to agree with you, actually. And yeah, Torrey Smith's just a tough guy to own at this point. Um, in any league that, I, that I've drafted him in, which isn't too many, I'm, I'm benching him. So And I, it, and I feel like, you know, he could go out to have a great couple of games, but at that point maybe I'll consider starting him again, but I can't right now. I benched Torrey Smith for Harry Douglas last night. To, to kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Like 50 50 that'll right, work out which, for you. Yeah, well, right. that's good. That's you know, my that's my type of odds, good. maybe. Yeah, you know Rick, we have a, one more little quick segment here. We need a sleeper yeah, sure. from you this week, a sleeper starter this week, and one early round pick that you might consider benching for a better option. Adrian Peterson oh, is not man. an option. Uh, uh, sleeper, 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 sleeper. You know, I. Like people online talk about Greg Jennings, uh, you know, 
don't play a Viking receiver unless it's Cordero. I would, you know, you how deep of a sleep? I mean, obviously Robinson's going to carry the rock some in New Orleans, right? With Ingram gone, that'd be a good um, one. Yeah, is he a sleeper though? At this point, he's he's kind of a starting running back, right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, like you think, right? Like with all the with the passing options that New Orleans has and uh, Pierre Thomas in there, I think Kyrie still. He's still a sleeper this week, I think. I, we would we would accept him as a sleeper. Does Golden Tate qualify as a sleeper? I would I would say he does not. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about because the guy who's going to suck. We don't like to focus yeah, on the positive gonna, here, Rick. That, that's going to be a wide open game, and I, you know, Packers' pass defense hasn't looked great yet. So, how about? Um, you want to go super deep? How about Robert Turbin? If you're go, if you're super desperate and super deep, I, I feel like Seattle's going to knock their socks off again and, and just prove the bowl wasn't a fluke. I know Denver, everybody says they have more to play for, but, you know, welcome to Seattle, baby. What usually happens up there, right? And, you know, exactly. uh, you know seriously, I mean, Lynch, Marshawn's got this back issue. I know he's practiced in full the last couple of days. I just get a feeling like Turbin's going to get some time this weekend, and if they get ahead, I mean, I'm just saying, super deep sleeper. Not I like it. I wouldn't take out a starting running back for him, but if you're struggling and you have injuries there, like if you had, you know, Matthews and he got hurt, and 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 Mark Ingram or anybody else, and you're struggling, Turbin, you know, maybe eight to ten carries, and you got lucky, maybe catch a few passes, and maybe he scores. I like it. Turbin is the sleeper. What? Uh, real quickly, can you give us a bust? A bust, uh, and Adrian doesn't count, right? Correct. Uh, boy, a bust. You know, I should have thought of these a little earlier. I'll say. Um, hmm, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna think about it. Because I'm very intense about this stuff. Yes, Let's you see. are. It's, a, it's a, a you, you were quicker yeah, on the draw when you had a hurricane this? coming bearing down on you. I know, I know. How about this, um, Harry Douglas? I have a feeling he's going to get hurt in the first quarter. Good. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> You're better. You know, the prognosticator brags about his abilities. You're pretty impressive. I like is that it. Unbelievable. Quite a bit. That, that is that is a great bust pick. But I'll go with you know what? I'll go with Keenan Allen. I'll just stick with that. And just say like that it. until cool. he shows you something, you know, and that Buffalo D is pretty solid. It's a little easier to throw on them than run on them, but um, I'll, I'll stick with that for the time being then. Keenan Allen is the bust. Robert Turbin is the sleeper. Rick Schwartz was the guest on the Eric Balkman show tonight. Rick, 10th uh, place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship. You definitely can make a run here, man. Thanks so much for joining the show. Good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Rick. Have a good night. Always a pleasure. Rick Schwartz. And uh, from one guest to the other, a man who needs no introduction. We're not going to take our call quick. So no, we're gonna we're gonna bring on the prognosticator right now. Oh, screw him. No, not oh, screw is he him. On? Can you hear? Yes, he's on. He can hear you. Alex, oh. welcome into the show, man. Gentlemen, thank you. Hello, welcome to the Eric Balkman show. It's been renamed this week. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, as well, it should be. Yeah, I know. That's, what, that's what I've been hearing. I, you know, it's the all, tweets have been coming in like crazy. It's all about branding. <laughs> and and I, I think this is the smart way to go with the show. It's a lot sexier now. I got a lot of heat on me. I just interviewed a guy who uh, who hosted a show. He's got a new show coming out on CBS on Sunday. You, you notice he didn't offer you the key grip position for any of the uh, upcoming Because it's beneath me. I mean, he knows I wouldn't have accepted it. Hey, listen, you don't ask Tom Cruise to play zombie number four in the next World War Z movie. You just don't do that. Same Same thing with me. Uh, anyway, uh, Alex, it's uh, it's certainly a pleasure to have you back on these airwaves again. We wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about um, something that the, the the email that went out this week regarding the decision on whether to lock or uh, unlock Adrian Peterson uh, in the leagues he was cut in uh, this week for both the Football Guys Players Championship and the FFPC. Uh, just talk a little bit about um, sort of the thought process that you and Dave had in deciding not to lock uh, Adrian Peterson in the leagues he's cut in. Sure. Well, first, let me just say I'm calling now uh, today to basically fall on my sword and and commit Hirakiri here and say that Hirikiri. it's all my fault. It's all my fault. It's me. <laughs> Blame me. Dave had nothing to do with it. He tried the whole morning to talk me out of it. 
And I insisted. <laughs> and I insisted. So once again, it's I'm I'm the one to blame. Um, you know, we have a, our, our buddy Leroy. We call him the bad guy, but I think he might be taking his position. Well, maybe not among among uh, among you guys, but it's probably among a certain population. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, so Dave and I actually um, started talking probably at like nine o'clock in the morning. We started uh, texting about it that morning when the news broke, and you know, it it, it became pretty pretty evident uh, to us as far as which direction we're going to go um, pretty quickly. Um, I think you know the interesting thing about this decision is from the perspective of the FFPC or you know any contest or um you know a national contest I guess fantasy football contest I think that there's a lot of factors that have to be considered you know the I mean they, they truly are so you know maybe depending on what factors you are considering as a contest you know maybe you could come up with a different decision and the truth of the matter is the safest decision would have been, and I do believe that, and I admit it, would have been to lock Adrian Peterson. You know, it would have been to lock. It would have been to say, hey, you know, you want to drop him, drop him, we're locking him. You know, you want to keep him, keep him. But, you know, it doesn't matter if he's out all year. It doesn't matter what happens. We're locking him, and we're forgetting about it. And, you know, I think there's some merit to that. But what Dave and I talked about is, you know, the FFPC and and what our owners' uh, responsibilities are and really what their interests are. And I think what their responsibilities and their interests are while playing in the FFPC is really managing their team, managing their team, managing their rosters, making decisions, coming to a decision, you know, evaluating the decision, evaluating the risk that they're taking, whether it's, you know, by, by dropping a player or, or, or picking up a player. And all those, you know, all those points we discussed and the email, as most of the listeners probably saw, was was really, you know, the kind of the end result of that discussion. Yeah, I think that uh, Balky did a fine job editing the email too. By the way, yes, he did. Um, well, you know, it's not my best work, but uh, <laughs> you know, with the uh, when you have pros like that in front of you, the edits just come them, themselves. Balky's better at fiction. Um, I think it's interesting too. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I think it's interesting too because. To me, you know, and, and by the way, the, the decision-making that, that I was let in on this process was literally me coming into the office and, and Dave saying, hey, Balky, come in my office and flip this coin for me. That was, that was, that was the extent of how much I was involved on it. Um, but I think it, it is, um, you know, you don't want to take the decision-making away from the player. You don't want to, you know, you want to, people to go out and win this. You know, it's like... It's like having a uh, manual shifter in your car. Do you want to drive your car, or do you just want to sort of ride along in it? You know. Well, it seems yeah. like ninety-five percent of America wants to just ride along in it. But not see. But ninety-five percent of America doesn't play FFPC, and they're also not passionate about cars. Right. The the five percent that are passionate about stick shift play in the <laughs> FFPC. I think that much is clear. Well, the paddle shifters are nice, by the way. I also think Alex is interesting too. That you know, Dave was on what Roto Experts with uh, Nando Defino and Tony Sincata on was that Wednesday morning. Uh, might have been Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. Sirius XM, and to to sort of you know uh, you know talk a little bit about the FFPC's decision, and yet somehow you get vaulted to the penthouse of radio and get you get to come on this show and talk about the the discussion. So I want to thank you for that, man. I feel very blessed to be on this show, Eric. <laughs> thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I was actually and very excited when I, I I was I was extremely excited when I got the email from from Dave. The official email to to invite me on the show. I, I was, I truly was. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, what was the last time I was on your show? Like two years ago? I know it's been a long I'm time. I'm trying to think. I think it was when you know, it might have been before the Super Bowl, and you were coming on to give your prop bets. Oh, okay, that's true. That's do you true. do you make? By the way, do you make prop bets throughout the season? And okay, I got to tell you a quick story about uh, prop bets about last night, and I, I want to make a couple of points about AP again. So you guys are, you guys kept mentioning. Uh, 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 Harry Douglas from last night with the, right. with the previous caller. So Harry Douglas, oh, I was also sitting from, yeah, Harry so, Douglas so, was a great porn star name, by the right. way. We've covered that before. Yep. <laughs> so I was sitting in front of the computer. I got, I got a half a laugh out of it. I got a semi-snicker. <laughs> right. I wasn't sure what to say. Um, 
<laughs> so I'm sitting in front of the computer, making you know, trying to make a last-minute decision with the lineup. I had a couple of Harry Douglases, and and you know, uh, so anyway. And at the same time, I'm looking at at the website By the way, for the props. For having a couple of Harry Douglases. Just yeah. you know. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get that joke in. And, You're welcome, um, and America. I, anyway, as you were saying, sir, this, you know, this whole thing is unbelievable <laughs> that he can't get a word in that. I'm sorry right, about so that. So, Alex, you had a couple of Harry Douglases. I had a couple of Harry Douglases, so my mind is on him, and, and I got the prop uh, website open. And, you know, it's about an hour before. I think they just called the, uh, the inactives. And, and I look at the uh, first player to score a touchdown. And they just called the inactive for uh, uh, Roddy White and for um, uh, Doug, Doug Martin. Smart. And, you know, I look, and I typically – I like to just throw a couple of dollars on the first blitz to score a touchdown, only for fun. I mean, there's no way to handicap that thing unless there's – you know, you see value. And that's really the way I do it. Like, if I see someone really big value who's like a, a, a target in the red zone, you know, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put some money on him. And I look, and they still have Harry Douglas 20-1 to 1 to score Whoa. the first touchdown. And Bobby Rainey, tw- uh, eighteen to one to score the first touchdown. So sure enough, I mean, I smacked him probably twice as much as I typically do because of the value. And when he scored that first touchdown, that was sweet. I mean, that <laughs> was sweet. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was the Harry Douglas. I was really happy. With- and plus, I had him in the lineup, so it was awesome. So I had him in the starting lineup. I had him to score the first touchdown. So it was a happy moment for me. So, Harry Douglas, so, all he does is make dreams come true. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, real, real quick about uh, AP. So, you know, I'm not – and I certainly don't want to call anyone out. There's a lot of opinions out there. I just wanted to address something. There's there's the, the one kind of uh, opinion that goes against our decision is the fact that, you know, we are uh, basically unlocking a first-round running back. And, you know, we personally, we disagree with that. We feel that it's a first, you know, the, the value of the player is the current value. We do not feel that the value of a player is when he was drafted. And, you know, the reason, and I think the way you could kind of follow that logic is if, if you truly believe that the value of Adrian Peterson is a first round, right, well then, would you trade Adrian Peterson? You should. You, you, you would never trade Adrian Peterson right now straight up for Giovanni Bernard, would you? Because he represents a first-round value, and Gio does not. I wouldn't if they were healthy, if they were both Right. No, but right so, yeah. or, or, or Le'Veon Bell. Would you trade Adrian Peterson for Le'Veon Bell if you believe that Adrian Peterson is a first-round first round value right now? Well, you shouldn't. But obviously, right. we would. Of course, I think anyone in fantasy football world in a trading league would trade Adrian Peterson for any of those guys, and probably a lot less valuable players than that. So I'd trade for the matter, quick right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, 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 you know, the value is determined currently. And, you know, that's kind of how we determined it with, with AP. Now, the other thing was the discussion about, you know, kind of the, uh, I, I guess, the uh, changing the balance or, or the balance of the, of the league or, or, you know, I forget what was the term that, uh, that somebody Competitive used. balance. Competitive balance of the league. So, well, here's my response. Left here, by the way. Yeah, no problem. So, so here's my response to that. What more competitive? Uh, what can affect the competitive balance more than locking out a player from the player pool? So now you have some leagues in the FFPC that would have AP on their roster, and other leagues that would not. So if if something is you know imbalance, to me that's imbalance. If you look at the macro picture you know what i mean so there's different ways to look at it i mean you could have your opinion that's fine you know we examined it we came to our decision and you know we respect the other side as well so but i hope that uh, our our point of view is respected well i i definitely uh, respect it and um i'm so glad you came on to uh to uh you know kind of expressed all the players to listen to the show uh, as well alex thank you so much for coming on tonight well i promise we'll have you on more often all right, I'll see you next year. <laughs> Alex Kaganovsky, he's the prognosticator joining the show tonight. I want Finally to thank a good outro. I want to thank uh, Rick Schwartz, Madden 15, Papa John's, the FFPC, our producer, mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, most importantly, all of our listeners. 
Tuesday morning, 12.30 a.m., Sirius XM 21087 with me and Jeff Manns. And, of course, Gabe Morency, Game Time Decisions on the Fantasy Sports Network next week. Enjoy week three, everyone. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that is broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Pop,